Live Fitter and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com and very noisy race announcer. And welcome to the Fitness Show. As if I am not noisy enough and I had Rudy Novotny on yesterday, today we are going to get to a whole new level of noisiness with a very special friend of mine. So as many of you know, we have Mike Riley on the show today. And um, what a gentleman, what a very very sweet man he is. He has been a race announcer for a very long time, someone I look up to, someone I enjoy um, working with on a rare occasion. And uh, he's just, he's got it all going on. He has a brand new podcast out, which is what I really want to talk to him about. So I, of course, I want you to keep watching mine, but we got time in the day when it comes to podcasts and broadcasts like this, you know, you're listening while you're running, right? Listening while you're working out. I listen to these shows while I'm putting on makeup in the morning, while I'm taking forever to do this hair of mine, which I'm so happy to have. And uh, I, I listen, listen, listen on the go. So um, Mike's got a great new show. He also has a book. It's one of my favorite books. If you have not read Mike Riley, Finding My Voice, you need to get this one. It's, it's really inspirational. And I know the majority of my viewers are endurance athletes. So again, Mike Riley is not only a race announcer, he is the voice of Ironman Triathlon. He's in the Ironman Hall of Fame, USA Triathlon Hall of Fame, Running USA Hall of Fame, and now he's going to be in the fitness.com Hall of Fame. Let's welcome the one and only Mike Riley. Hi, Fitz. We're fitness. Fitz is uh, Hall of Fame. I want to see that trophy first, okay? It's coming. It's coming. It's in the mail with the check. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, thanks for having me on. This is fantastic. Oh, of course. So uh, how many races have you done this year? You've got some coming back, right? Oh, gosh. I've done uh, one, two, three, four. I've done four. And uh, as you know, a lot of them, you know, the Ironman distance. So I don't pack them up week after week just because it takes me about a week or two to recover from one. Right. Um, oh, we have comments coming in. I didn't say this before, but anyone watching, if you want to interact with Mike or me, have comments, questions, go ahead and share them. Mike, they're going to run across the no body. If I find someone you, you need to answer, I'll uh, give you a poke on it. So you've had four so far, and doesn't it feel wonderful? It, it, you know, I have my, like you do, I have my family. I love and adore my friends. I love and adore. But man, when I get to a, an endurance event, it is the other family. And the other family seems to gel you together and keep you humble and, and uh, fills you up with energy. So uh, when I was able to go back to the first event, it, it, it's just like going home and, and seeing old friends like aunts and uncles. And it's like the door of the living room's open and come on in and here we are. And, and everybody had such a, has such a positive attitude and and uh, they're as happy to be there as, as we are. You know, it's one of, uh, an interesting to me how on occasion I'm put up on a pedestal and I know you are too. And they're like, oh, you're spending time with me. This is special. And I think, no, we're friends. I miss you. I want to be with you. I don't think 
I don't think our athletes realize how much we appreciate them and how excited we are to be with them. Oh, no doubt. I, I mean, I do what I do because of the how it fills me up when I see somebody with a mile wide smile when they come to a finish line. I know, especially in the Ironman races, that when they do come to that finish line, they kind of discover a new person in themselves. And it's not always about crossing the line. It's who they become. And everybody's got an amazing backstory. So I, I, I'm just honored to be a small part of it and be able to tell the world uh, that they're champions. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So you just hit on two things, finish lines and championships. And you talk a lot about those things within your book and your podcast. Um, but which do you prefer? Who do you get more excited about the first finisher or the last finisher? Uh, that people always ask me, I mean, the first finishers are the professionals and, and they are, I'm always in all of them. I mean, all of how fast they go. I follow so many of them. And a lot of them I, I know pretty well. And, and I know what they've gone through to get to the top of their of that world. Uh, it's it's admirable. It's hard. I, I don't know how they do it. But when you bring in the final hour or so of an Ironman, you're you're seeing, quote unquote, normal people, people who have the day jobs, who have three kids. Yeah. Who who uh, have to juggle life and working out to, to get there. So when you bring them in. It's got that little extra special sauce because, and then and, and the crowd realizes it too. So when you bring them in, you want to give them everything you've got because they deserve it. And you don't know if that's a one and done. You don't know if they're going to come back and be a part of it again, but you give them everything you can. So the last, the last hour at, at an Ironman, the last hour at any race for the final finishers is, is special. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting. I mean, out of all the races I've announced, I know a couple of the champions, you know, a couple of them stick to come back and you get to know them a little bit. But man, those back of the Packers from Buffalo Marathon this weekend, the people that stand out in my brain are we had a six hour half marathoner. Yeah. And I've stood at the finish line the last hour with the pro that won the race. And I had Jan Fredino, who's won an Olympic gold medal, has won Ironman a number of times, probably the best Ironman triathlete in the world right now, uh, say to me at the finish line in 2019 when we were watching the final finish, he goes, how do they do it? I go, what do you mean? How the heck do they stay out there for 16, 17 hours? I could never do that in a million years. How do they do it? He was in awe of those final finishers because they were out there so long trying to get to that finish line when he finishes his race, you know, eight hours he's done. Uh, so I found it very refreshing that the, the, the guy who's the best in the world in awe of those final, final finishers. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Some people ask me, they go, how do you keep your energy up till the end? And I think, are you kidding me? That's when it's just, that's when it starts getting really good. That's when the energy, you know, it just bursts out of me when I start seeing these uh, back of the Packer show up in it. And the back of a Packer at an Ironman event is, uh, is very special. You, you can't be a novice doing an Ironman. No, you can, you can be a rookie. You can be what I call an Iron Virgin your first time. And uh, when someone trains and they don't go the distance, I mean, they, they put a lot of miles in, but on that day, when you go 140.6 miles, things start happening to you that you haven't happened to you before. So you've got to mentally push through those, 
those bad spots because there's a lot of bad spots in an Ironman. But you come through to the other side. There could be five or six bad spots. You don't quit. You don't stop. You keep moving forward, and eventually they get to the finish line. That's oh, incredible. Um, just so you know, Iron Virgin sounds very, very naughty. And <laughs> they love it. Everyone, when I call out, we had 375 first timers at Ironman Coeur d'Alene <laughs> last weekend. I go, where are my iron virgins? And oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's raising their hand. And uh, I guess it's okay. You know, I never know. It's a, I, I, you know, you try to be as appropriate as you can. I've been saying that for so many years and nobody's ever really come up to me. Can you really say that? Well, yeah, it's all in jest, all in fun. And, and until somebody says, you can't say that, that I respect or is my boss. Maybe right, I, right. Stop. I don't know. So two things. You're talking uh, iron virginity, and Joe Buckle wants to hear you thinks it'll be satisfying when you say his name at his finish line. So we've got. Well, I tell, like I tell uh, Joe, I'll tell, like I tell everybody, I'll be waiting. You just get there and do your job, and you'll hear it. Yeah, and I have full faith in Joe. Joe just ran the uh, Buffalo Marathon this weekend, and he's Great. quite athlete and a great guy. Iron Virgin, Susie's biting off on it. <laughs> yeah. So, um. So yeah, what about cancel culture? You're on the microphone for so many hours. Do you ever worry about saying the wrong thing lately? About worry about what? I'm sorry. The wrong thing. Someone trying to cancel you for one of your jokes? No, I've I've never had anybody. I mean, over the years, say anything to me that I said anything inappropriately. I I very cognizant of that. Uh, you know, I, I treat it as if I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a friend and, and it's uh, all above board. I mean, I'm, I'm there to do what you do. I'm there to help make people's lives enhanced. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me that question. I've never been brought to the mat. I, I've never let, you know, a bad word come out. Uh, I remember once I, I remember once I said hell in, in a context and people laughed. But after I said it, and this was years ago, it was in New Zealand, it was years ago. And, you know, they use the word, I, I, I don't know if I want to use it. If, if you knew the Kiwi, the Kiwi structure of their language, they use a couple of words we use like they're bad, but it's like in fun and jest. So when I said hell, everybody laughed. But after I said it, I go, oh, gosh, I, I don't know if that was appropriate. Oh, well, I, I just won't do it again. And, you know, I can say heck or darn or whatever. But uh, uh, nobody ever said anything to me. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting now. I mean, I, I, I think between us, for certain, all the intentions are good. We're always trying to be nice to people. So it would be appalling if someone tried to shoot us down for, you know, an error or whatever. But I actually got dinged. I was announcing Wonder Woman which is very wholesome, as am I on the microphone, but I referenced somebody getting the booby prize. It was like, they got the wrong answer. And I said, oh, you get the booby prize. And one of the Warner Brothers people was like, no, no. And I was like, no, no, what? No, no. And I said, uh, don't say booby, but I said that into a microphone. She was like, yes, stop saying booby. But I think booby's kind of like mundane, right? Yeah, booby prize. I mean, booby prize has a different meaning than what they thought. So. Yeah, that's the other thing too. We're now into the generational side of, uh, I've been around doing this for 40 some years. And, and when I say something sometimes or crack a joke, some of the older people will laugh and the other ones, 
the millennials are we'll, we'll go what what was that and i go oh my god that's right they weren't even born then so i have to try to keep it keep it so that everybody understands and i i keep up with everything and and you know uh, I, I know what the okay boomer is and, and, uh, it's just, it, it, you just have to try to appease everybody. I mean, as much as you can. All I know is when you praise someone, tell them they did a fantastic job. In my case, call them an iron man. Uh, you can't go wrong. No, no. One would think one would think, right. Yeah. So- you talk a lot about finish lines. Um, I know you've done some races. What was your personal best finish line? That of, a, of an event I did? No. Yeah, for you as an athlete. Oh, as an athlete. Oh, my gosh. It was, uh, the, it, it was called, it was a marathon in Phoenix. I'm trying to think what was it called. It's not there anymore. I mean, they do a marathon in Phoenix. The sky, it's got, we started in Scottsdale. I forget the name of the race. Anyway, I had to qualify for Boston by running uh, 250. And I got there, the bus, I was on the bus to be transported there. And the bus driver got lost. It was that case, you know, there's like 40 of us on there freaking out. I see him and I knew the area and where he was going. He had to go 26 miles from Scottsdale out in the desert. He's taking all these rights and lefts. And finally, I just yelled, just go straight down this road and don't make another turn. And everybody yelled and I was kind of in the front row. So we get there and I start seeing runners. Well, I've got, everybody's got like sweats on and I got off that bus. I just tore everything off and threw it into the desert like everybody else did. And as I was running to the start line uh, on the side of the road, I was about 15, 20 yards in front of it and the gun went off. So I ran to the start line. But when I went to turn around to come back, you know, it was just packed with people. So you're trying to work yourself in. So the first 10 miles, it's like, oh my gosh, this is, this sucked. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna. So I just started getting into a rhythm. So then, uh, my, uh, Rose was there and a good friend Murphy was there. They were watching me. They met me at 20 miles, uh, gave me some Coke. Uh, and, and then we're coming into Scottsdale community college and I'm coming around a turn the finish, I can hear the announcer up there. And Murphy looks at me and goes, you got to go like now. And I'm going, what are you talking about? I'm running pretty well. He was keeping the time on the sub 250. I come around the corner. I see the clock at like 249, 31, 32, 33. Oh my gosh, I'm moving. I'm seeing this clock. Tick, 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 tick. 249. Boom. I go flying across had no idea if I broke 250 until they put the dot matrix printout on the friggin' side of the school. Uh, and I went up there and there's a crowd around the printout. And I hear somebody say, look at this dude. He made it by one second. And I look and there's my name at 249.59. I'm going, oh my gosh, I did it. So that's, that's my most uh, memorable finish because I, uh, I did it by one second, you know. Congratulations, yeah. that's special. Yeah, it was very, it was very special. All right, and then what was your personal worst race experience or worst finish line? Oh my gosh. I think the Los Alamitos Marathon, we did that one. That was always like in August out here in California and it was about 103 degrees that day. Uh, it was the last 10K. I, I was, wa- I never walked in a, in a race you know, always running three hours or sub and, 
And I'm walking going, I, this is terrible. And people were passing me. Then I'd run and repass them. And coming into the finish line, I, I remember stopping, looking around and like not seeing anybody. But there was people there. I mean, I was just glazed over. And a guy came up to me and goes, would you like some help? I go, yeah. And so all I remember is him taking me, sitting me down somewhere, giving me water. And then I kind of came to, I was, it was like walking dead. Uh, and then, and then some friends came over and said, Oh my God, you ran well. I go, I, I sucked, you know, but, uh, but we got it. Yeah. I finished, you know, finishing what you start is, is everything in life. And I was always taught to finish what you start. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. I feel like being a plugger is probably one of the greatest gifts yeah. our athletes took there to fly. I had the door open. So we don't have flies in California, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, mosquitoes, palmetto bugs. We've got nope. a variety of. Nope. <laughs> we see a fly. I, we, we the thing comes in the house. We dress it up. It's a pet. I mean, you never see flies around here. <laughs> so I had one that lived in my kitchen area for several days and I kept trying to oh. whack it. Actually, look, I have Windex here. I was going to try to spray it before, but um, <laughs> I had the fly and I couldn't get rid of it. So I just named it. I called it Mr. Paul and then I couldn't hurt it because it had a name. And um, eventually it went away. But yeah, I just named it Mr. Paul. And if anybody has a fly in the house, call it Mr. Paul. Mr. Paul. I remember that. I have a special, special place in your heart. So um, tell me about your podcast. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. So many people have wanted me to do a podcast for quite some time, especially through the pandemic and before. And I, I mean, I was interested in it. Uh, you know, but I, writing the book that took, you know, the time it took, as you know, doing yours. And then I got done and I, I was talking about doing book number two and then discussed it with my son, Andy, and my business manager about a podcast. And then we had a uh, Curad uh, Sports Performance Products. Uh, they're a sponsor of Iron Man came along and said, we'd like you to do a podcast. So things just started working together. But I wanted to do one about uh, finding your finish line, not only at a race or an event, but in life. I mean, every day we've got to set those goals and objectives to find our finish line that day, that week, that month. I mean, to keep moving forward. So I wanted to, you know, I could have a lot of professionals on from the sport uh, in, in triathlon and even running. But I, I wanted to have it be a continuation of my book, Stories that people don't know the people and who they are. And, uh, that's why I went after, obviously I did talk about some pros, but I, you know, I talked about people that went through some horrific things in their lives and, and they found out that fitness, that going for a run, that jumping on the bike, that you know, swimming and having that big hairy goal, like doing a triathlon, uh, for a lot of them saved their lives. And so I wanted to, I felt it so, and I hear these stories all the time, Fitz. I mean, it's just, I get, you know, multitude of emails every week uh, with people telling me their story. And I, I wanted to share as many as I could because I felt it's selfish if I didn't. You know, it's, yeah, they, they help inspire me. They help me keep moving forward, but they needed to be heard. And so that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I'm doing the podcast because I'm having stories like that on. Uh, I had Lionel Sanders on one of the, you know, greatest uh, Ironman athletes there is out there. He is, 
you know, he went through a horrible seven year drug addiction. Uh, and, and to hear his story and where he is today, uh, hopefully we'll pull other people out of their addiction to go find help and get help. And that, that's why I do the podcast so that I can try to help others through not because of what I do or say, but because of what others have gone through. Yeah. It's one thing to tell people how to live well. And then it's another thing to show them and uh, give, give uh, role models. Right. Yeah. I mean, people, we don't want to be preached to, we don't want to be told what to do, even though sometimes <laughs> we yeah. need to be told what to do. So when, when someone makes their own decision, to start the process of turning their life around. It's much more powerful than mom and dad are telling you or your spouse or your partner or your brother. It's much more powerful if all of a sudden that voice inside you says, you know what, get yourself off this friggin' couch, quit this lifestyle, go find some help. You know there's people out there that can help you and take that first step. And when when the individual does that, what ends up happening, they they follow through more. They sure people relapse and all that stuff, but it seems to, it speaks louder when you talk to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm looking for people. I'm looking at people for role modeling right now. I mean, doing my first full marathon I, I, at the finish line the other day, I was checking out the people that I thought would be in the range of where I might finish and okay, can I do what they're doing? And, you know, I believe I can, but yeah, I'm certainly looking at everybody else. And that that actually gave me the courage to agree to run Boston is the fact that I've witnessed greatness for years and years. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of people can do this. Well, OK, Fitzpoller, figure it out. So um, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. So you have your book is all about the finish lines, extraordinary tales of getting to the finish line and your podcast. How many have you recorded so far? I uh, eight of them have been released. Uh, there'll be another eight to 12 through the remainder of the year. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, it, it was a good first eight. I mean, a tremendous first eight and the second eight. Uh, I've got some pretty unbelievable stories coming, coming your way. So it, it, it you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of times I'll, I'll talk to people at races or, and they'll come up to me and, and it'll just hit me. I go, other people got to hear about this story. They just have to. So I try to put it out there. And I I, I, I didn't want to get into doing a tremendous amount of podcasts because I think less is more. And and uh, obviously, I've got a, a three-year road on this thing. So I've got lots of time to push out a lot of podcasts. Well, good, good. Uh, this is mystery user, and I know they probably really want you to see their name, but a great picture with you at Lake Placid. Yeah, I love it. I'll be in that. That's my next event, Lake Placid. And when is that? <clears throat> that's July 24th. So the, the, like two, two, two and a half weeks. It's coming up. It's coming up. So out of the guests, you're, out of your podcasts that have already aired, Tell me which three the our, our viewers should go look to immediately and, and watch. I, every time. I can't. I can't do that. Can everyone, you? everyone has its own avenue. Everyone has its own road and message. Uh, Derek Fitzgerald, you know, had cancer in the intestine, and they went in and chemoed him, and 
it killed his heart. So he had to wait six years to get a heart transplant. And now he's a six-time Ironman finisher and a dad. He never thought he'd have children. Uh, you know, there's that story. There's uh, uh, Marinda Carfrey from Australia who won Kona three times. She's got two kids now, and now she's making a comeback to come back to Kona. She still owns the run course record in Kona. Uh, she is so inspirational. And so she's so down to earth. And when you talk to a pro like that, you just, it's just refreshing. Uh, uh, Lionel Sanders, who I talked about, Sika Henry, Sika Henry just qualified as the first black female professional athlete uh, in triathlon, which is fantastic. But in my mind, kind of a travesty that's taken this long. So uh, yeah, I know. Isn't that, isn't that, that, you would think, you would think. Rhonda Viteri, I just had Rhonda on. She is one of the top 10 technologists in the world for women. She's the CIO of Herbalife. Technologist? Huh? What is a technologist? She, she, she's a uh, chief information officer for companies. She ran Estee Lauder on their technology. She ran Herbalife. She was in Lehman. Uh, she is just a dynamo, and she loves doing triathlon. But she is, uh, yeah, she's one of the top 10 technologists, you know, of running technology companies in, in the world. And so she was just on. So I just have a gamut of, of people. And, you know, I got a show coming up of Mike Ergo. It's probably the only one from my book I'll do on a podcast. I, I don't know. I've made the decision. But Mike suffered and still suffers from PTSD. It's a message to military, to firefighters, to police officers, to those in service that suffer with PTSD. This is a guy that put an M16 rifle in his mouth on New Year's Eve uh, uh, in Iraq and had his thumb on the trigger. And th the reason why he didn't pull that trigger is it saved his life. But but when he came home, he was a wreck. Uh, but now he's, you know, it, he still struggles, but he has just got two beautiful kids. And people need to hear his story because there are a lot of people out there suffering from PTSD. And they have no idea where in the heck to go. And uh, Mike now works for the Veterans Administration and talks to guys and gals all day long helping them. So he's he's a prince of a man. What is the uh, military turnout for your events? Do you feel like you get a lot of services? Yeah, and, and uh, we do. We do. Active military at Ironman Coeur d'Alene last week was, I think there was 40, 42 active military among the, the five branches that, you know, the Navy, Army, Marines, Air Force and, and Coast Guard. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we always get a big military turnout. I'm, Rob Ladwig, who did the race, he was a colonel in the Air Force during Vietnam. His brother was a pilot uh, in Vietnam and he was shot down in August of 1968. They've never found his remains. They've, he's never been brought home. So Rob, for his older brother, does Ironmans, and he's going to do Ironman until they bring his remains home, and he's been doing that for the last 15 years. And that's his commitment to his brother. I'm going to keep doing these races to try to get the word out. He's gone to Vietnam a few times and been on search parties in the area where the jet went down. And just it's just amazing to me that, you know, he, he knows one day it'll happen because of the DNA technology and all that stuff. But here a guy is from 1968 
he hasn't had his brother back. And, and so he, he does these races in honor of him and to, uh, to bring awareness to missing in action. Wow. That's very, very touching. Um, I'm a big fan of our military mm -hmm. freedom. So, uh, on that note, what do you think about all the politics in sports? I don't talk about politics. You know, I, I, I really don't. I have a political opinion on things, but when people come to me and they want me to go right or left, or this is what I believe, what do you think? I go, you know what I believe in? I believe in the spirit and the passion of someone who wants to exceed their expectations. It's as simple as that. And, and I don't care what their political opinion is. I don't care what they do, as long as they're a good person, a moral person. And when they come to that finish line, I have never thought of, well, that person's a Republican or a Democrat. That person lives here and does, says this. I, that has never even entered my mind because when I'm bringing them across the line, they've trained, they've put in the time, they set the goals and objectives, and they got to that finish line. And that's, 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 uh, that's what I celebrate. I, I don't, I'm not going to celebrate anything else except that. Uh, so when someone asks me for my opinion about this or that, I give them the opinion of what I believe the athlete is. Simple as that. I, I, I love it. I love it. And have, has Ironman itself, I mean, obviously basketball, football, soccer has gotten very political. Have you seen it in Ironman? Does it exist? No, not really. I mean, you, you got to remember, we in Kona, we have up to 65 countries represented at one event with 2,500 athletes. Those numbers are huge. And I've never seen an inkling of any nationalistic rancor or enmity rear its ugly head on that island during that time with so many different nationalities together. I mean, if the, you know, as hokey as some people may think it sounds, if, if, if we lived like that every day, we wouldn't have war. Uh, and, you know, I bring people in at Ironman races now from Israel, from Iraq. I bring them in from Venezuela. I bring them in, you know, from all over the world. And everybody's happy and smiling and, and you know, they're high-fiving the person next to them. You know, one could be from Israel and the other one's from, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, sports are a great unifier, usually. Yeah, they are. It is, it is a fantastic unifier. So um, you mentioned Kona a few times. Kona. Kailua Kona. Kona, a place that I have never been. I uh, would like to be a Riley. All the Rileys get to go to Hawaii all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, some go. Some, you know, yeah, that's true. They do go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Rileys certainly do. I mean, Florida's not a hellhole, but uh, yeah, yeah, I've actually never been to Hawaii before, which makes me semi-lame, right? Uh, no, I'm not going to say you're semi-lame, but I'd say get your butt to Hawaii, for goodness sakes, you know. To Hawaii, I need to do that. What are your other favorite countries to travel to for work? Oh, gosh. New Zealand's a very special place. The people there are, gosh, so nice and so welcoming. Uh, uh, Ireland, obviously, my ancestral country. I love going there and calling that race. Australia, I've been there more times than any other country I've gone to started there very early back in the day. And, you know, I was this yank coming into Australia and they didn't know why they brought this American guy in. 
Uh, but the, the race director had come to Kona and said, I want you to do in Australia what you do in Kona. Uh, but I learned very quickly that when you go into another culture, you, you have to change some things, which is okay. Because if you go in brash and bold and, well, I do this here, so I'll do this here. And, and it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't come out that way. So I learned that lesson early on, even though they wanted me to do what you do in Kona. Well, Kona is not Australia and Australia is not New Zealand and New Zealand's not, you know, Lake Placid, New York. So you've got, got to adjust to those places. All right. So this is Brendan Finn, who is executive director of the nonprofit Running for Those Who Can. He provides adaptive equipment for us. Yes, yes. For, um, so he's like signing up for full just because he likes you. How about that? Well done, Mike. Yes. Sign up. <laughs> So when you're in Australia, and I ask from the Floridian side, I think anytime we get in the water, we know there's a shark or an alligator somewhere <laughs> nearby. Uh, what's what's going on in the in the swim portion of your Australian races? The 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 Aussie race in Port Macquarie is uh, in a harbor. The race in Cairns up north by the Gold Coast uh, is in the the ocean area. But there's no sharks there. I mean, they just no don't sharks. have. There, there's some, but I've never, I've never been to an event where we had to stop it because of something in the water we didn't like. So I, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. You know, what's interesting is I, uh, I've also not heard of anyone being eaten by anything terrifying in Florida, but I did hear of a beaver attack at a triathlon in Michigan. Do you remember hearing about that? A beaver. I did not hear anything about that. Yeah, That's it, almost like a joke. Hey, how was your triathlon? I had this beaver on my toes. I thought it was the swimmer behind me just, you know, sucking on my bubbles, trying to me drafting. And this beaver, and then it turned around and started to slap me with its tail. I mean, I, I, it, it could be a, a, a comedy routine. It probably was. But it was a beaver. It might have been an otter, too. <laughs> One of them. But I remember the person's uh, wetsuit was torn up. And they really they really were had a rough time with this little animal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And if I'm in the water, I, I wouldn't know the difference between a beaver and an otter. If you showed me the picture, <laughs> I would not know. That's <laughs> having big buck teeth coming at you. <laughs> um, so what what events are coming up for you? Well, the rest of the year, uh, Ironman Lake Placid in July. August has kind of been canceled out because Ironman Ireland's been canceled. Ironman Mont Tremblant in in Quebec, uh, that's been canceled. So, August, I've got a free month. I'm just gonna. I think we're gonna travel, and I don't know what we're gonna do. Do whatever we want. Play with the grandkids. Have them stay over at the house. But then, come September, it starts cranking up again. Uh, I actually am going to Madison next weekend for a training weekend with my niece who's doing Ironman Wisconsin in September in Madison. She's in Columbus. She's doing her first Ironman. She's my godchild. And I'm meeting her in Madison and uh, going to ride her on the course and swim in the lake and do the run and, and all that good stuff. So she's very familiar with it because the Madison bike course, kind of a, kind of a technical uh, bike course. So it'll be nice for her. So it'll be great. I'll be able to train with her and, and uh, beat each other up for three days. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Are you training for anything personally? I just train for life. That's all I train for. I mean, I, 
you know, I, I do some pretty big rides and, uh, I'm not running as much. Got the new hip about a year ago and I can run, but it, I just don't have a desire to pound through that yet. The riding is, it's like I'm 30 years old. It's unbelievable how this thing feels. So, and I, and you know, with the ocean, I jump in the water here quite a bit. Uh, I, I just, I don't have a desire to do a race race. I mean, I, I'll do a, I'll jump in a hundred mile, uh, century ride and go pound on that or, you know, 50 miler and stuff like that. But I, I just have no big desire to, because when I, you know, cause I go to so many events, Sometimes when I'm home, I go, I don't want to leave and go do an event. I just left. I just got home, you know? So, Although, I got to say that if perchance you were bored sometime in January when Carlsbad Marathon came around, I know. I would love to welcome you through a finish line. That would be super. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would shove Rudy off the stage and be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Was Rudy, is Rudy your voiceover at the beginning? It is. <laughs> I knew I do recognize that. I love it. Yeah, he's so good. You know, what's so funny is um, we recorded that years ago. It's maybe three, four years. And it started off as an audio podcast and I brought it over here. But he, I, I sent him the script and he kept recording it, sending it. And I, I just couldn't get the right thing. And finally I said, um, record it like you are a NASCAR announcer, like a, a race car. And then he gave me that gravelly, gristly voice I was looking for. It's very good, right? Yeah, I like it. It's good. Yeah. You both have great voices. And he's going to have a new hip soon, too. Good. Best thing ever. I got to talk to him about it. I would yeah. yeah, love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that's not a race announcer thing, because I'd like to keep the hips I was born with. No, it's a, you know, it's a college wrestling thing. It's those hundred mile running weeks, all those years and, and a hereditary thing. Uh, yeah. it, and, and it just, it just got to be the pain over the last year and a half before I got it. it was, it was stupid. I was not feeling good at all. So, but, and it's, it's fantastic. How quickly did you go from surgery to up and active? I was on a bike and, uh, I was on a spin bike at about three weeks. I uh, did that for about three weeks. And then my wife's not here. I, I got my beach bike in the garage. So I jumped on that and ran, I rode through the neighborhood and I go, Oh my God, I'm riding a bike. This is the greatest at about six weeks. And then I think the two month mark, I got on my road bike and did like a 10 mile ride and okay. felt no pain, no stiffness. I go, this is unbelievable because you're so aware of the pain because it's there for so long. I go, I'm, I'm, you know, I was, I was waiting for something that like twitch or happen or, right. oh my gosh, that hurts, but nothing. And, and then I just started, you know, obviously a lot of shape after that long and just started going back to work. So do you know the name Bill Superfoot Wallace? No, I do not. All right. So he's kind of the Muhammad Ali of kickboxing. But back when I was fighting, um, I ended up doing some traveling with Bill and he had, I think it was six weeks after his hip replacement. And this is back in, I don't know, like late nineties, he was kicking people in the head. I mean, straight oh up was magical. I thought, okay, I get this now. Hip replacements. Good. It is very good. I, uh, my, my only advice is I don't care if you're thirties or forties or fifties, six, get it as soon as it starts hurting, especially younger people. Uh, because they recover so much quicker and the whole deal, but don't wait. 
It's good advice. Good advice. All right, Mike, are you ready for the lightning round? Lightning. Okay. I don't know. I, I can't think that fast on my, when I'm sitting down, I think faster when I'm standing up. <laughs> okay. All right. So it could be slow lightning, slow California style lightning. Now, now, now. What do you mean California style? You know, you think we're all laid back and we don't do anything and we just lay around in our hammocks. I think that's true. Oh like yeah. Right. We don't work. We get up at noon, you know, California style. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what is your favorite movie? Movie Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Intense. What TV show are you watching now? I'm not. I watch, I watch major league baseball. I watch the Padres. Okay. okay. Hold on. This is what the commercial says. This is again, mystery commenter says Californians are all laid back and cool. That's right. Um, who was your first celebrity crush? First celebrity crush was, oh my gosh, first celebrity crush. So if I'm in high school, college, uh, uh, I mean, it was, I think it was Mini Driver. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting choice. Okay. Mini Driver. Or Audie McDowell. She, that too. Or who's the other one with the red hair and it was always frizzy? Uh, Roberts? Huh? Julie? No, no, before Julia Roberts. Had a real squeaky kind of voice. I don't know, but Minnie Driver, I, I thought she was cool. All right. Well, she's she cool. a full-blown babe. That's a good choice. Um, what's your favorite type of music? Genre. Uh, my favorite type of music is... Uh, it's it's upbeat anything by U2 or Coldplay. I mean, I'm all over that. Uh, sometimes I listen to Sirius Radio. There's a channel on there called Chill, which has a good beat. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm in the car. I'm going, oh, this would be good at the finish line. You know, <laughs> I operate the same way. Um, there's a song called Oops by Young Gravy. Okay. You're going to have to look that up. Okay, uh, I will. So if you were going to do an Ironman, I usually ask marathon, but Ironman, and you were stuck listening to one song over and over and over again, what would it be? Oh my gosh. All day. I was writing today and you know what popped into my head? It's an old song called the Duke of Earl. And it goes Duke, 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 Duke. And, and I'm writing going, why the hell am I doing the Duke of Earl? But it had this cadence thing. So I, but I only lasted like a mile and I go, this is stupid. Stop doing this. You're going to drive yourself nuts. So I don't know what song I'd have in my head the whole time, but uh, it wouldn't be that. <laughs> Anything but the Duke of Earl. Is that yeah. your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you a good dancer? That's a funny question because my wife's a fantastic dancer. Andy is, has won contests before dancing. And uh, my son, my daughter was a gymnast. She can dance. So I'm the least best dancer in that. But when I dance at a finish line I'm at Ironman doing my thing and some people will go, God, you dance well. And I want to find my, see, see to my family. But they, they just don't think my moves are the greatest. But uh, I guess when we're all happy at a finish line, I can make average moves and they look better than average <laughs> yeah all right so yes you can dance well if it's at a finish line yeah good 
Good to know. Um, do you prefer sweet food or salty? Sweet. What's your favorite sweet food? Oh, God. Dark, dark, dark chocolate. I'm a milk chocolate girl. There's no nutrition, no nutritional value at all. Just. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going for nutrition on that stuff. Good for you. Um, what's your favorite healthy food? Oh, gosh, I love uh, uh, strawberry, blueberry, banana, uh, and uh, yogurt smoothie. I, I do that every morning with, with a protein mix in there every morning. And okay. I just love that. I mean, you know, favorite foods. I love great salads. And uh, I, I, I love a good steak every once in a while. We're having pork chops tonight, the other white meat. So... I, I, I like all foods. <laughs> Were you ever overweight? Well, you know, I, I, when I wrestled in college and I got done, I wrestled 150 and then, uh, I was lifting a lot of weights and I got up to about 193, uh, and, and, you know, had a neck like out here and it was just the, the result of not having to cut weight and stuff. I guess that was overweight. I moved to San Diego and the, the lifestyle out here, I go, oh, my gosh. So I started playing racquetball, started running. Next thing you know, I was back down to, like, 165, so, which is where I'm at now. Okay. What's your favorite form of exercise? Riding a bike. What's your freedom. Least? That's freedom. What's your What's your least favorite? Uh, least favorite is, you, you know what battle ropes are? I do. Of course I do. Well, yeah. I got them, in, got them in the backyard. And every time I walk by them, they're out on a court out there. I Okay. It's like they're sitting there looking at you. They got eyes on. So I'll do a minute or a minute and a half. And you know how it gets a heart rate up. I go, I, I hate this, but I love this, but I hate this. Then I'll go in the garage and go out in the yard an hour later. And they're there. They're still there. Why the heck? I don't just put them away. <laughs> you know? Sons of guns. I think you like the battle ropes. Yeah, they're, they're cool. Uh, do you stretch? Yeah, I stretch. Uh, with with the pandemic, we lost our yoga class, which is very tough. So we're trying to find another one. Uh, so I'm not writing today. It was funny. I felt really good because I stretched beforehand, but nothing takes care of your body like yoga. Yes. Yeah. I, you know what I don't like about yoga? I don't like the weird words. Like stop saying namaste to me and other similar things. It's just another language. What do you mean weird words? <laughs> I think vin vinyasa is a beautiful word. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. When people say it all breathy and trying to deep, exercising, and feel like cut it out. Just yeah. It, it. During yoga class, the instructor, we had, she's beautiful, and she'd say all these, and I go, I gotta, I gotta like use that at a finish line. But I never, I, I don't, I don't think that I get to that. I forget what I wanted to say, and I don't want to mess it up. But I go, I should say. That's a beautiful vinyasa, you know, but I can't because it doesn't, it's not appropriate. It doesn't work. <laughs> I'm going to veto that. I don't know if I have any veto privileges. You got a veto. That's good. Okay. Thank you. I'm vetoing the yoga words at an Ironman finish. I might make someone go turn around and go back. To yeah, really? Oh, thanks, mister. Um, what is your weird human trick? Like what is the weird thing you do to entertain your grandkids? The weird thing I do to entertain the kids? Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I get down on all fours and chase them around like I'm a lion or a, a dog or then I let them ride me and 
you know, I, I just, uh, Papa does a lot of weird stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a hide and seek freak and, and, uh, I, I love scaring him, but you can't, you know, a three-year-old, he gets really, and the six-year-old now used to me, uh, jumping out from wherever and, and he'll scream and then he'll laugh to, to where he's belly aching laughing and don't do that again, Papa. But mm -hmm. he knows it's coming back at him later. <laughs> Did you choose the name Papa? I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I think so. I think, uh, Andy and my daughter, Aaron, they called me pops. So I think he just came from that. Yeah. All right. I always wonder how grandparents get their name. There's yeah. a lot of cool yeah. ones floating around. Um, and then back to the real world, your podcast, how do people find it? How often will it come out? Uh, they can find it on Apple Podcasts. Go to MikeRiley.net slash podcast. It's on there. They can subscribe to it, obviously, on any platform that they'd listen to their own podcast. Uh, it's 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 been every week for the last eight weeks. We're taking the Fourth of July and the next week off, and then we'll start with another eight or nine kind of in a row. Uh, they usually come out on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and they'll, they'll go up on Facebook as as a kind of a live podcast where you could interact and things like that and then they're they're out there forever but i want to thank everybody because the downloads have been four times what we expected so it's it's uh it's been it's been unbelievable <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised at all and then what's a what's your favorite way for people to buy your book it really it's still through amazon i mean barnesandnoble.com uh, they've got more of a stock, I think, right now than Amazon. But Amazon's got the the soft cover and the hard cover. Uh, the soft covers, you know, sells eight to one over the uh, the hard cover. Uh, and and then every event I'm at, I'll do a signing. I did one in Tulsa. I did one in St. George. I did one in Coeur d'Alene. I'll do one in Lake Placid at Bookstore Plus. That store, Bookstore Plus, has been on Main Street in Lake Placid since like 1930. Uh, and, and it's still in the family, the same family. And it's a, I just love these, uh, these types of bookstores and, uh, both, both, uh, the owner has done Ironman and Lake Placid. So I'll be doing a signing there in, in, uh, when I'm there in July. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for again, being a guest on my show. I love well, having you. Thank you for nice. having me. Yeah. I, I, uh, I gotta give you props because you, you know, you bring an energy level that is needed at events. And, and uh, you and Ru Rudy are like, you know, bread and butter. You work so well together. Uh, and it's not always it's not always easy working with someone uh, because you got to be in sync. And and I think I, I've seen two people work together and uh, talk over one another and repeat the same thing the one said before. And. And, you know, the audience, they're not dummies. The audience knows and they and, and you don't want them to tune you out. So you guys, you have a great knack of keeping them tuned in and taking care of them and bringing them in. I, I love it. I love it. Wow. I appreciate that. I know Rudy does, too. We both respect you very much. And here's the other thing that I want to say publicly again is that when I started my book writing process, I went straight to this man right here and <laughs> Between you and Andy, you spent so much time holding my hand through the process and 
you know, not only did you show me the right things to do, but you helped me avoid so many pitfalls. So I'm forever grateful, Mike. Thank you so well, much. Well, thank you. And, and yeah, I, a lot to learn. If I do book two, I would, I would know exactly. I, you know, it's, it was a hard, it was a hard process because it was a learning curve. You had to learn something new. Then you had to become proficient at it. And there's sometimes I go, Andy, you take care of this. I, I got to keep writing. You, you do this. And I was working with Lee Gruenfeld, who's one, I believe one of the smartest men I know, and he might be the smartest guy I know. And he's written so many books and he guided me on so many things. And, uh, so yeah, it was a great collaboration. Well, I find um, book number two is coming way more slowly than book number one. I'm actually yes. working on it. And it just doesn't, I'm going to get it out eventually, but <laughs> I expect you, I really need you to write book number two because book number one was so fabulous. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with folks and, before we go? And you, and you too. And you too, huh? There we go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Right there, front, front and center, on the big bookcase there. What do you, what are you next to? Oh, Ron, Rhonda, who I had on my podcast, wrote a great book called Grit and Grind. Oh, uh, fantastic business book. So, so well, I'm sorry. What was your last? What was your question? Said she's pretty. Um, what did I say? Oh, oh, I was gonna say that. I remember the text you sent me when you read my book. You said, "Hit it out of the park." And that was really nice. It meant yes, a lot. You did. You did. Yeah. Oh, Linda Gray Salino, she's coming to see you in Kona. I will see you in Kailua, Kona. Do you know what the island is called we're on, that Kona's in? You know what that island is named? Mm. It's the big island. It's the island of Hawaii. Oh. People oh. don't realize that that island is the island of Hawaii. Okay. Well... I probably need to go there. I think if you I need to go there, then it's I'll not, hear the lingo. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a magical place. Uh, it is just to, being there four weeks ago for the half Ironman for the 70.3. It's just, it's magical. I hear they're naming one of the little islands after you. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the one nobody's ever found. Oh, <laughs> Mystery Facebook user, we're so happy we could make you happy tonight. All right, Mike, I will let you go to your pork chops, but I adore you. Thank you so much. Everybody go to MikeRiley.net, grab his book, listen to his podcast. And if you haven't done so already, go over there to Fitness on social media. And, um, and we'll see you soon, right, Mike? Well, thanks for having me on. And I'll give you an aloha, nui loa. Aloha. Nui Lola. All nui, right. Nui, nui Loa. So you got to look that up. Okay. <laughs> nui Loa.